We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com post-game show. I'm Trevor Lane, and the Lakers just got a 31-point win. That's right. You heard it right. 31 points against the San Antonio Spurs. 123-92, to the final score. Another monstrous performance from Anthony Davis. 30-18 and on this night. Played 28 minutes. Got to rest for most of the fourth quarter. Just a blowout win for the Lakers against the Spurs team that's not very good. So how much of this Anthony Davis spurt that we're seeing here, where AD is just going nuts night after night after night, how much of it is real? How much of it is they're playing teams that either don't have their starting center or it's a, a limited amount of time that their starting center plays? How much of it is that? We'll talk a little bit about that tonight. We'll also talk about where the Lakers are having success. And, of course, I'll be taking your questions and comments for a dive into everything. Quick reminder – Make sure you're subscribing over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Uh, turn on those notifications as well so you can stay up to date on everything going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. And of course, toss us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. If you're a podcast listener, always love going through there and reading the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Great way to help out the show as well. So again, make sure you guys do that. We certainly would appreciate it. So again... The Lakers get a 31-point win in this one, 123-92. Anthony Davis, 30-18, and plus three steals. That did a really nice job cutting off passing lanes in this one. Three steals, and the Spurs only had 10 turnovers. So three steals for Anthony Davis is pretty significant in terms of the number of turnovers AD forced here on the San Antonio Spurs. You also had a big, big game from our guy Austin Reeves, 21 points, three assists, Three or four from deep. Austin Reeves is just on another level. We need to talk about him potentially sticking in the starting lineup even after LeBron James comes back. Oh, yeah, LeBron did not play again due to injury. We'll talk about that a bit as well. Lonnie Walker dropped 14 on his former team. A little bit of a revenge game, but not, not quite to the level we were maybe expecting, but he does get two more opportunities to play against the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio later in the week. Uh, Thomas Bryant, big game off the bench, 15 points and nine boards look really good. Five and five shooting. We're going to talk a little bit about what his play means for the Lakers moving forward. And then Russell Westbrook, double, double, 10 assists, 10 points. Uh, didn't have to do a ton. Only played 22 minutes. Didn't have to do a lot in this one, but had a few really, really nice passes. Three turnovers on the night for him. 
Kendrick Nunn chips in 13 of his own in 20 minutes and 13 as well for Dennis Schroeder. Welcome back. Four of seven shooting, one of two from three for Schroeder. All right, let's get into some of your questions and comments because I have a feeling what people are talking about tonight is probably going to lead us into most of the topics that I wanted to touch upon, mainly being Anthony Davis, what's real, what's not, as well as Thomas Bryant, his involvement, LeBron, when he returns, what happens to the starting lineup, and so on. And I'm sure we'll talk trades as well. Uh, Koa said, AD is an MVP form right now. And Austin Reeves shocks me with how good he is at scoring. Thomas Bryant looks good. Can't wait to see a healthy LeBron back in this lineup. Minus Beverly. But let's just let's get into it. Patrick Beverly has not been great. Uh, he's, I mean, he had a few possessions. That, and I did the, the live play-by-play over on Playback, which thank you for everybody who joined us over there um, and hung out and watched the game with us. But Patrick Beverly, is just he's just not had a great season for the Lakers. I, I don't know how else to say it. He's not been good. Hasn't had a great season for the Lakers. One for five shooting in this one. The offensive production from him has been just about non-existent. He did make some solid defensive rotations. So, all right, there's there's something there. I'm not saying he's just a, you know, bench him and you just never see him again. He does some things. He only played tw- 20 minutes in this game, so that, that helps you a little bit there. But he just has been such a non-factor on the offensive end that I don't see how... When LeBron comes back, I don't see how it can be Austin Reeves that gets the boot out of the starting five. It feels like Reeves has really started to develop chemistry with Anthony Davis, particularly in the pick and roll. The Reeves-Davis pick and roll is becoming a thing. Austin is regularly throwing those lobs up to AD. I know technically uh, Pat Bev is maybe you know nominally more of a point guard, but Reeves has shown really good ball handling ability. Uh, well, good ball handling ability, really good passing ability. Um, he's been great there. I'd, I can't make a strong argument for keeping Patrick Beverly in the starting five when you factor in the chemistry too. Patrick Beverly can do some things in terms of setting a tone on the defensive end of the floor, but Austin Reeves is just so much better. He's so much better. And I know the starting lineup is not always a meritocracy. I wrote all about that on my, my Substack, which you can find trevorlane.substack.com. It's not always the best players are in the starting five. We typically think of it that way, even though that's not always the case. But even when we consider fit, even when we consider the rest of the rotation for the roster, Austin Reeves just needs to stick in this starting five. I think when LeBron comes back, you pull out Patrick Beverly and you do Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown Jr., LeBron, and Anthony Davis. There's your five. That's versatile. It's switchy. You've got some shooting. Reeves has shot the ball really well from behind the arc. I can't make an honest argument for keeping Patrick Beverly in the starting five of this team once LeBron James comes back. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see a reason why you would do that. So I'm hoping that is what happens here because Austin Reeves, look, it matters in the league whether or not you're a starter. There is a certain sense that comes with it there's a, a sense of pride that comes with being a starter there's you know and I know we've talked about it it doesn't always matter who starts we should be more concerned with who gets the most minutes who finishes games and everything but there's a prestige that comes with being in the starting lineup and I think Austin deserves it he should be a starter in games like this how are you going to tell a guy after a game like this where he puts up 21 points um, and it looks fantastic and is developing this great chemistry with AD that he's going to go to the bench for the guy who's struggling to stay in the starting five. It just doesn't make sense. Austin needs to stick. Patrick Beverly needs to be the one 
to make the move to the bench rotation in my mind. And I, I know a lot of Lakers fans agree with that sentiment. Always winning says when Braun comes back, AD is not getting 30 and 10. So that brings me to the other, another big topic that I want to discuss. AD, this stretch for him has been fantastic. And let me preface this by saying, I don't want to take anything away from AD. You still, you have to beat the team that's in front of you, right? You have to beat the team that's in front of you. So we've seen three games in a row where AD has been phenomenal. Look at this against the Nets, 37 and 18. Against the Pistons, 38 and 16. Tonight against the Spurs, 30 and 18. He is going berserk, right? Just absolutely incredible. The night, the, the previous game against the Kings, the last loss the Lakers had, 24 and 14 for AD. So Anthony Davis has been excellent. He's been excellent when LeBron James has been out. He's been finding ways to help this team. With LeBron, AD was 21 and 9. Big difference, right, than what he's done here. But I think that we have to keep in mind, before we set, before we look at these last three games and say, okay, this is now the standard for Anthony Davis. Now we're expecting 30 points and double-digit rebounds from AD every single night. I think we have to keep in mind that the Lakers have played three home games now. These games where AD has gone off, three home games. Each one of those games featured a team that had played the night before against the Clippers. So they were on the second night of a back-to-back. That was the case with the Nets, with the Pistons, and now again with the Spurs. They played the day before, so you're getting more of a tired team. And in the case of the Spurs and the Pistons, they were outright missing their starting center. Yaka Pertl did not play for the Spurs. And then um, Isaiah Stewart didn't play for the Pistons. And then for the Nets, Nick Claxton... I'm not saying any of these guys would stop Anthony Davis, but Nick Claxton only played half the game because he got hurt. AD has been going up against, at best, second-string centers. At best, on bad teams. A team these, these are not good teams. And so, well, it, look, AD, he's doing incredible things. I think we just have to be careful before we assume that he's going to do this every single night. There's a lot of context here, right? LeBron being out, playing bad teams on their second night of a back-to-back, and they're missing their center. All of these things add up to these monstrous performances from AD. Now, again, he's looked really good doing it. Don't get me wrong. He's looked great. He's looked fantastic. This is the type of AD that we've been wanting to see for a couple of years now. For a couple of years, we've been wanting to see this. So by no means am I trying to take something away from AD. I'm just trying to keep the expectations from being too high. Next game, he gets DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. Maybe LeBron is back. Maybe he's not. We'll have to wait and see. But next game, it's going to be a much more difficult matchup than what we've seen in these last three. So enjoy this. Celebrate these games out of him. I'm not saying AD suddenly becomes terrible you know, when he's up against stiffer competition. But if you're expecting 30 and 18 every single night, I don't think we're going to see that from him on a nightly basis. Now, is it 24 and 10? Is that realistic? Yeah, I think that's realistic to expect that of AD. Maybe in 26 and you know whatever you want to say, he's still a really, really, really good player. But there's a lot of context around what's caused him to blow up to this degree that we've seen in, uh, in these last three games. Just something to keep in mind. Uh, NRV said, if Lakers make the play-in, which five teams miss in the West? So 
if the Lakers were to make the play-in, let me take a peek at the standings here. So right now, you've got the Lakers, who are on a three-game win streak. Three games in a row, the Lakers have won, much needed, but unfortunately, they're still just 5-10 and 10 on the season, even with winning these three games. 5-10 um, and 10 on the season. They've won the last three. And the Lakers now, well, if I'm looking at the standings, so the Lakers right now are still, they're still actually behind the Spurs. The Spurs are 6-12, and 12, but I think it's pretty clear when the dust settles, the Lakers will, will be ahead of the Spurs. The five teams that miss, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Rockets are the three easy picks. After that, you're picking two teams that will be tr- – in in the mix somebody's got to drop out now maybe it's minnesota minnesota has not been great this year i thought the lakers should have beat minnesota um when they played them earlier in the season maybe minnesota is the team that drops out but you look like minnesota's at 500 and they're the 10 seed that's one of the challenges with the west the west is really good and really deep sacramento is on a six game win streak right now six game win streak for the sacramento kings they're they've been really good so now they're up as the five seed Sacramento is not going to be that team that drops out. Maybe it's Minnesota. Golden State is going to start figuring things out. You know that's going to happen. Right now, they're the 11th seed, 8-9. and nine. It's tough to pick. Look, two teams that miss the playoffs are going to be solid teams. Two solid teams are going to miss the play-in in the Western Conference. That's just the reality. Maybe Minnesota becomes one of those teams to fall out. I don't know, though. It's going to be tough. It's This is part of why it's so important that every time you have a winnable game in front of you, you capitalize, you take advantage of it because the West is going to be a dogfight all the way through. It's also pretty wide open right now, for that matter. Mario Hernandez, let's go Lakers. Finally on a three-game winning streak. Not sure if we can beat the Suns, but if AD keeps it up with LeBron back, we could be close to 500. Yeah, look, if AD somehow keeps performing at this level, not saying he's dropping 30 and 18 every night, but if he becomes... 26 and 12 on a nightly basis and he's playing defense at this level and you get LeBron back. Yeah, this team can claw their way back to 500, but you still have a ways to go to get there. You still have a lot of games in a row you have to win to get there. So this is not, you're not going to get back to 500 in one night. It's going to be a process. You're going to have to battle through the season to get there. Fortunately, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, but I do think you're right, Mario, that this team can get back to 500 if you continue to get this version of AD and then LeBron comes back and he's healthy. Senpai said, I know AD should be doing this team, uh, doing this against teams with weak bigs to defend him, but last year's AD wouldn't. It's a great sign that he is doing it. That's a fair point, that a previous version of AD maybe would not have dominated these matchups quite to the same same degree. And look, it still holds true. You have to play the team that's in front of you. And so a win is a win. If it's a win over a bad team, well, then you got out there and you took care of business. You did what you were supposed to do. We saw last year's Lakers team on a consistent basis, no show against bad teams. Like they thought, oh, we've got this in the bag and really not put forth effort, really looked terrible. And they found ways to lose games, frequently found ways to lose games. This year's team, well, I won't want to say they're finding ways to win games all the time because we've seen some sloppy games out of them where they should have won and found ways not to and kind of been a mess. Um, But this year's team at least has taken care of business against the teams that on paper they're supposed to beat. They've lost a few tough ones. Um, You know, losing to the Kings, I thought they shouldn't have lost to that Kings team. Uh, Losing to 
the uh, the Portland Trailblazers early in the season. That was a game that they should have won. Losing to the Clippers, they should have won those games, but or at least the first matchup with the Clippers. But when the Lakers have been faced with a team that on paper, clearly they're better at the Pistons, the Spurs, they've taken care of business and they've gotten it done. And you can't fault them for that. That's the team that's in front of them. Same thing with AD. AD did what you would hope he would do against teams that didn't have much in the middle. He blew up against them. And it would be a problem if he didn't. And I think it's fair to say that in seasons past, he might not have. Uh, Big Dog said, good win tonight, but I think we should still consider trading for Richardson and Pirtle and Boyan from the Pistons. Yeah, I don't think you shut down. Just like we can't look at these games and say, clearly you're getting this version of AD forever. I don't think you can look at these games and say, oh, see, this team's fine. This team is just fine. No trades needed. The sun is shining. Everything is great. They are never losing again. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now, Richardson did have, if you want to call it an audition performance, which is kind of what Boyan Bogdanovich had in the Lakers last game. He had not a bad Lakers audition in this one. Richardson, 19 minutes off the bench, four for 10 shooting, eh, but 10 points, two of three from deep. Doug McDermott, four of seven, no threes, eight points. I wasn't like extremely impressed with either one of those guys. I thought they were okay, but I wasn't. The thought that went through my head when I saw them play was if you're going to do anything with the Spurs, you better get Yaka Pirtle. I don't, there was nothing about McDermott or Richardson that struck me as, okay, getting these two guys would be better on this team than just having Russ. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think you're better off just having Russ. Um, this version of Russell Westbrook that's been more productive, that's been a better fit with the team, it's, it's been better. So if it's just those two, I'm not interested if I'm the Lakers at this point. I don't think you're improving your team by getting those guys. Yaka Pertl is another story. He's really good. Um, he's underrated around the league. If you can get him in a deal, then you got something to talk about. But McDermott and Richardson, and look, maybe they blow up on the Lakers next next time they're when they're in San Antonio or something. I'm not saying they're bad. They're good rotation players, but with how well Russ is playing right now, I don't think you improve the team by, by trading for them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here, I uh, love Lamar. Here goes the LeBron's the problem haters. <laughs> Good win. I don't get that. As soon as a guy's out, anytime a team wins, oh, it's, it's proof that this guy's a problem for the team. LeBron is an amazing player. You can't look, you can't say, oh, well, 
This team is so great. Anytime LeBron's out, they would have won all their games. Again, you have to factor in the context, who they're playing, what the situation is, second night of a back-to-back, all that. Again, take nothing away from the Lakers. They beat the team that's in front of them. But having LeBron on their team makes them a better team. It doesn't make them wor- doesn't make them better to lose LeBron. Think about that. that. That's crazy talk. Losing LeBron somehow makes you better. You could say the offense flows a little bit better or whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe it does. Maybe there's something there. But that doesn't make the team a better team just because LeBron's not playing. Just doesn't. LeBron's one of the all-time greats. You tend to want good players on your team. Uh, to gift, I'm worried about how LeBron's return affects the team. Now, if, you, if you're saying he might slow down the rhythm on the offensive end, reintegrating him can be a little bit of a challenge in terms of just, um, just your ball movement, flow of everything. Sure, yeah, that's fair. And that, that will be a little bit of a speed bump. That's what every team goes through whenever you're bringing a player back in. Um, you've got to figure out kind of what that's all going to look like. And then you might have to adjust your play style a little bit and everything. There will be that adjustment, but I, I don't think it will be that pronounced. Maza, do you still look at trades amidst a three-game winning streak? Does a trade interrupt chemistry? Oh, you still do. But again, I think this is where we have to keep in mind that, well, we've been talking trade forever, basically, right? We've been talking Lakers trade since July, if not well before that, really. Other teams in the NBA, they talk trade over the summer, and then it kind of stops. Once the season starts, the trade talk stops. Now it picks up again right around this time, and it already has. It started to pick up again. And a lot of teams aren't ready to make trades right now. So even as we discuss, oh, could the Lakers go get Bradley Beal? Could they make this trade with the Pacers? Could they make this trade with the Hornets? Could they do this with the Spurs or, or whatever whatever team you want to talk about? There's a lot of teams in the NBA that are just starting to wrap their heads around right now what it is that their club really wants to do. Who is it that they want to trade? What is it they want to get out of a deal? What are they looking for? What is their future hold? Because they're just trying to get a sense right now. We're just starting to get a sense of what they are, what it is that they really, truly are. And so the Lakers, you're still looking at trades. You're still trying to sort through all of that, but it doesn't mean that you are even able to pull the trigger on a deal in this moment because other teams may not be there yet. Other teams may not be ready to make deals right now. Uh, if the if the right trade is there, let's say, I don't know, let's say the Pacers call you up and they say, hey, um, we're getting kind of worried here. No, they're not going to say this, but if the internal thinking on the Pacers is we're getting worried about Winning too many games with Miles Turner, and by the way, we're going to get to see on the 28th along with Buddy Heald, and um, we're we're concerned that we you know we don't want to sign him to his next contract. He's going to be a free agent if we don't move him by the trade deadline. We get nothing for him probably because we're not going to sign him in the summer. So let's just do something to move him. And they and the, the Pacers call up and they say, "Hey, um, Kendrick Nunn and Pat Bev, those are expiring contracts. You give us both those guys." plus throw in a first, and we'll give you Miles Turner. Even in the midst of a three-game win streak, if I'm the Lakers, I'm saying, okay, let's do this. Let's make this happen, and let's go. If the right deal is there, you still do it. You can't look at this three-game win streak and say, oh, this is enough to where let's, let's not do anything to disrupt this. This is three wins against two very bad teams, and one team that's, that's pretty bad themselves in the Nets, particularly um, without Kyrie. So... I don't think you overreact to what we're seeing right now. You don't let this stop you from doing anything, is the point. 
Will Peterson. Trade Beverly, Nunn, and a second-round pick for Boban from the Pistons. I think you mean Boyan. Boban is a he's a, a completely different player, but who everybody loves. But Beverly, Nunn, and a second-round pick for, for Boyan. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad deal either if you can get him. If you can get him. I would be... I'm more comfortable if I'm eating. Now, look, not giving up a first, okay. But if you're giving up a first, in my mind, you got to make sure you're getting a player that could be there for the long haul. And Boyan at 33, going to be 34 in the spring. I don't think he checks that box. But if you're only giving up a second, all right, I'm more interested. Ivan Z, could we trade Beverly and Nunn and keep Russ with a pay cut? Uh, you could trade Nunn uh, and Beverly. You could do that. Could you keep Russ with a pay cut next summer? Yeah, you'll have bird rights on him. So even if you make a trade right now to take on salary, you would still have bird rights on Russell Westbrook and be able to potentially keep him. Uh, keep this up, purple and gold heart. Now again, yes, Kyle Hampton. I would love to see the Lakers keep this up. Speaking of which, how much fun was it? How relaxing was it just to see the Lakers blow somebody out and win? <laughs> Lakers be involved in a blowout and win. Um, the whole fourth quarter, there was no stress None of that. You just, you got the win you were supposed to get. It was great. Speaking of which, we should get into some of our awards here. Let's start. Well, again, it's an easy pick. Superstar of the night. Superstar of the night goes to Anthony Davis. That is easy enough. Very simple. AD, again, once, once again, monstrous. And I think we can even knock this one out too. Star in your role. Star in your role. It's got to go to Austin Reeves. It was fantastic. 21 points, three assists, uh, three or four from behind the arc. You could give an honorable mention to Thomas Bryant, who I thought was really good. Nine boards, 15 points. He made some big plays. But Austin, his chemistry with that first unit, his chemistry with Anthony Davis, the plays he was making out there, uh, he, he, I thought, was very clearly the star in your role award from this game. I believe it's two in a row now for Austin Reeves because I think he got the one uh, on the last from the last game as well. So Austin Reeves gets that one. Uh, established said, does this show that AD is better at the five? Lately, he's been kind of Shaq-like in the paint. Again, I think this goes back to who he's playing against. That matters. I don't look. Even if the Lakers, let's say they trade for Miles Turner, AD is not going to be a power forward exclusively. He's going to get minutes at the center position. The question is, do you want AD to be the center all the time? Or do you want to have the option of running AD at the four? Now, we did see some Anthony Davis, Thomas Bryant minutes. Again, it's been a very short look at what that what that is. So I would expect the Lakers to continue to explore that. But the question isn't really, are you going to completely remove center responsibilities from Anthony Davis? The question is, do you want him to cut down on those center minutes? And I think even just having the option of another player who can play the five while AD is still on the floor, it's it's an important thing for the Lakers to have, for the Lakers to go to. Uh, Frank Vogel used it all the time in the championship season. He had the option of playing JaVale or playing Dwight or sometimes just turning to AD and making him the five. And, uh, and we saw him experiment with that depending on what the matchup was. I do like having another big that you can turn to where AD can play the four, but he is still, regardless, he's going to play a lot of minutes at the five. And this is part of why the Lakers wanted to see the whole team together before they made any decisions. Like if Thomas Bryant continues to play at this level and he did a great job um, rim running today, did a great job getting out on the break. If Thomas Bryant continues to play like this, 
then when you're on the trade market, you don't have quite the same urgency to find a center than if Bryant wasn't playing him like this. Because right now, and again, it's only two games that he's been back. It's a small sample size. But right now, he's looking kind of like the guy that we thought we would see, maybe minus the three-point shooting. But he's doing some good things out there for the Lakers. He's looking serviceable. So if you've got that, then you're not as concerned necessarily about getting a center. It doesn't mean you don't want one. You could certainly still use a, a quality center. But you're not as desperate to find one as you are if your center rotation is AD and Wenyan Gabriel, and that's it. If one of them is out or something, then it's LeBron at the five, right? Then you're really thin at the center position. So if Thomas Bryant can just be serviceable, I think it does change quite a bit of what the Lakers can look for on the trade market. Again, doesn't mean that you don't go for a center, but it just means you don't have to. Uh, Hunter, we have Lonnie Walker non-bird rights. Uh, you don't. Well, yeah, non-bird rights you do. Yeah, you don't have early bird rights. So you give him a little raise, $7 million, maybe a player option for the next year, but we'd have his bird rights the next year. You would have early bird rights the next year. Two years, you get early bird rights. Three, you get full bird rights. Um, and taxpayer mid-level for Troy Brown. Well, you won't be a tax-paying team, most likely, depending on what the Lakers do. Now, maybe, maybe they will be that level of team if they take on a bunch of salary in a trade or something like that. But most likely the Lakers aren't projecting to be a taxpayer next season because right now they're projected to have cap space. But you could talk a portion of, of the MLE for Troy Brown. You could give Lonnie Walker $7 million. Lonnie's going to get more than that. If he keeps playing like this, he's going to get more than $7 million. That's just the reality, I think. Um, you'd probably be talking more full MLE for Lonnie if you're going to keep him. And then... Maybe you can do try to do something for Troy Brown. I mean, I'd imagine he's probably going to get more than even the biannual exception, but maybe you can find a way to squeeze that in. Kira, I would be concerned if the Lakers couldn't beat these teams without LeBron. Yeah, well said. Mob of mentality. Finally, a relaxing game. Uh, we knew we would get the win from the get-go. Oh, he said from the gecko. Like Geico, gecko. Uh, but I get what you're saying. From the get-go. Rust, uh, rest LeBron next game. Even if we grind, it will be a loss. Just bring him, uh, bring home for the Spurs series. Only one player from the Spurs impressed me. Devin Vassell, Jakob, or no trade. Yeah, you could make that. Look, if LeBron is still, you could say, hey, even if the Lakers are playing at their best, it's going to be tough to beat the Spurs. So do you, if LeBron is in any way iffy, you just rest him and then make sure you get those wins back to back against the Spurs to help your record there. It's a fair point. I, I really think the Lakers will just continue to be cautious with LeBron. If he's feeling 100%, he'll play regardless of who the opponent is, and he won't play if he's not, and that's that's just going to be it. And agreed. that Pirtle has to be in a trade with the Spurs. I didn't see anything today that made me think, oh, you need to go get McDermott and, and Richardson. David, this is the AD we've been waiting for since 2020. Win streak. Let's go get win number four. Hope the team continues to play well when LeBron is back. Again, it will be a test. Even a Chris Paul-less Phoenix Suns team, they've, they've been playing good basketball. It's going to be tough to get win number four, but can't count them out. If the bigs, AD and Bryant, can find their shooting touch, the offense can open up to an even higher level. Agreed. Yeah, if you get the bigs to be able to start hitting those outside shots, that spreads the floor that much more, makes you that much more dangerous on the offensive end. So agree with that. Would like to see Thomas Bryant shooting some more shots uh, from behind the arc. But again, just two games back. 
takes time for him to kind of get accustomed to it. Daniel said, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown, LeBron, AD, Wenyon. Oh, he's listing out positions here. Uh, AD, Bryant, Austin deserves the starting spot. Why not just do it? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that Austin deserves to be starting. And, and you just do it. That's what you do. Maddie, I'd like to see AD play next to Thomas Bryant in a lineup a bit more. Also love the way this team as a group chipped in. Agreed. That's a, that's a good point. You got contributions from a lot of players. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players on the night in double figures. A lot of people contributed to this win. Easier to get that kind of thing happening against a weaker team. And man, this, this Spurs team is awful. They scored 92 points. Um, they're just not good. But yeah, look, if you can get everybody chipping in, that can help in the aggregate replace a player like LeBron. You never fully replace LeBron, but that can help mitigate that loss for you. And the Lakers have done that. Um, Thomas Bryant, AD, agree. Yeah, we need to see more minutes of that. We need to see more minutes of AD and Thomas Bryant together to find out if there's something there. I think that's going to be important. Mama mentality. Trade Beverly, Jones, and a second for Gordon, Eric Gordon, and uh, KJ Martin. Shooting and defense. Uh, yeah, if I could do that, I'd have to look at the numbers. I want to say Gordon's making like 18 million this season. So that might be a little bit light on the Lakers side. I'm not even sure what KJ Martin's making, but in general, yes, I would do that trade every single time. I don't see what's the incentive really for Houston. I don't see them doing that. Like is, is one second round, like they're not, they wouldn't be getting Patrick Beverly to play them. So what's the incentive there? Is, is a second rounder enough? Probably not. As long as AD continues to be assertive when LeBron comes back, we'll be in good shape. Even if he's not dropping 30 and 10, we just need an aggressive AD. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Just need him to stay aggressive, stay confident, and stay believing that he can play like this. Now, again, much bigger test going up against DeAndre Ayton than he's had the past three games where he's been going up against a second stringer at best, right? And a second stringer on a bad team. Much different story on, uh, was it, Tuesday when the Lakers have their next game coming up. I'm really hoping that we continue to see a really good version of AD. Now, again, I'm not expecting 30 and 18 or anything, but if you get a double-double 26 and 11 night out of AD, that, that feels pretty good going up against Aiton. Intel Wild, we can make the playoffs. There's plenty of time left. Yeah, they absolutely can. Got to win games. Got to keep winning, but can. Maddie James, with AD looking at a good rhythm, the next game will be the perfect challenge. Would like to see him come out more of the same as he has. Yeah, again, I think if the expectation is 30 and 18, it's unlike he might still do it, but it's not as likely that you're going to get that out of him but he can still be very good in that game. And again, and maybe he does it, right? He's he's a tremendous player. I just think we have to keep in mind it's a much more difficult matchup going up against Phoenix than what we've seen recently. So if AD doesn't look quite as dominant, it might not be AD playing, man, what's wrong with AD tonight? Or, you know, AD's having a terrible night. No, it's just he's playing against a you know, more difficult opponent. Jesus Gastelum says, apparently... The first time since 
Shaq, a player in a Lakers uniform, has put up 30-plus points and 10 rebounds in three-plus games. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, the only other player who you'd think would do it would be would be Powell. Uh, Dwight wasn't scoring enough in his season with the Lakers when he was younger. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Maddie James, big fan of Austin Reeves. Seems like these last stretch of games, he's only gotten better and more consistent on both ends. I just think he's really starting to feel confident in that first unit. And I like how often the Lakers have realized he's got something as the ball handler and pick and roll. And they're starting to run that for him a little bit more. They're starting to get him working off of Anthony Davis more. There's synergy there with that, with that tandem. And so I like that the Lakers are leaning on that more. And again, I'm not splitting that up. I'm splitting, not splitting that up. Uh, Ricardo, Trevor, sorry for going off topic. Are you excited for the World Cup and U.S. men's national team? Any other team players will you look out for? I am so excited. You know, my only thought so far is I've wondered, will it feel weird having the World Cup in November? Because the World Cup is typically a summer event. And the answer is yes, so far. it. I mean, there's only been one game as of right now. But yes, it's been a little bit weird. But yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so excited for the U.S. men's national team. I'm going to be wearing my jersey all day tomorrow. I'm thrilled. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, as far as teams to watch out for, look, there's a lot of teams. England is my number two team. So it, I'm a little disappointed that the, the uh, U.S. and England have to play each other because that's the team I'm going to be rooting for aside from um, aside from the U.S. I've got friends in, in England, so I'm going to be supporting that team. Um they're one to watch out for, for sure. Argentina is always good. Right? I mean, you've got other other teams that are out there that are going to be great. But the biggest thing is just watching some of the highest quality soccer. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm definitely ready for it. <laughs> LJ, tell him to stay home. We'll trade him in the summer. Come on. Like, that's just ridiculous. Tell, tell potentially the greatest player of all time. Yeah, you can debate it, right? But tell him to stay home. Come on. Kerwin said Lakers and Pistons are only teams that haven't won a road game this season. Hope we get our first road game, road win against the Suns. If it's not against the Suns, you get back-to-back on the road against the Spurs. So you have a couple opportunities there. Maddie James, Trev, I'm torn with the way Russ has been playing consistently. It's making me not want to see him go, seeing how he leads the second unit. Yeah, look, you may, with Russell Westbrook, you may still need to need to move him in order to make this team better. Um, if you can get back some high quality shooting. If you can get back just some really good multiple players that can help round out your depth on this roster, then yeah, like I'm in agreement. Like uh, you, you have to still consider making a move, but if you don't, that sense of urgency to get something done, isn't really there because Russ is, has been beneficial. He's been good for the team. So you no longer have that. Oh man, we have to trade Russ thing. That's, that's kind of gone now. And I think that's what the Lakers were really hoping for because now it makes it a much easier position to bargain from. Now Rob Palenkin can go into trade negotiations and say, you know what? Russ has been just fine for us. So you guys, if you only are interested in a deal where we're getting fleeced, fine, we'll keep him. We'll keep his $47 million expiring contract. You guys can deal with his future salary on your books. We're not trading him to you. He's doing just fine for us. In fact, maybe we'll re-sign him in the summer. We can keep him long-term. And Rob can now go and make that without getting laughed out of the room. He can say those things now. Matters when you're negotiating. 
Django, Thomas freaking Bryant. Yep. He was great. He was good in this one. So now the question becomes, can he do this consistently? And this will be a good test. Phoenix will be a good test for him as well. We'll see what he's really got. Dante, the Lakers are back. AD's taking control. The bench coming together and the depth is much better. Did you see Thomas Bryant scoring off the bench? I did indeed. I was doing the play-by-play for this game. So I definitely saw Thomas Bryant scoring off the bench. 15 points Had a good night. Had a really good night. Again, it's a small sample size of just two games, but so far so good. So far, we had that was the question coming in was Damian Jones has not gotten it done. Thomas Bryant didn't look good in preseason. He's coming back into action. Can he give you what you need at the center position? So far, the answer has been yes. Two games, check the box twice. We'll see if he can do it consistently. Big Tay, Lakers are shooting 36% from three in November. What did I tell everybody? What did I say? You know what? Like, I hate victory laps, so I don't even want to let myself go down that road. But as we were talking about um, the first five games or whatever, when they were shooting like 21% from three and everybody was losing their minds about how bad their shooting was, and look, rightfully so, it was awful. It was hard to watch. They were missing wide open shots. And I kept saying, eventually over the long haul, it's going to get better. You're going to see the stats. There's going to be progression to the mean. They're going to to go back to what you would expect them to be. You would expect them to make a lot more shots. They're a bad three-point shooting team in general, right? But that will, they're not this bad. They're not 21, they're not historically bad, like the worst ever by a lot. That's what 21% from three would be. They're going to get better. And if they're going to get back to average, that means that we've got some games coming where they shoot above average, well above average. And we've seen that a little bit, 36% from three, Is that realistic for them to shoot for a season? It's not unrealistic. It's not out of the question. I would be surprised if it just stays at 36% at the end of the season. I would think it's they're probably a bit lower than maybe 34, 35%, something like that. It's probably what I'd be expecting for them this season, even 33%. So 36% is not out of the question. They certainly can shoot that percentage. They're good enough. They're not going to be a 39% from three team or anything like that. But 36%, that'll get the job done for sure. That's right about league average or so. We'll see where the average winds up this season. But that's good enough to get the job done for this team. Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Robin said, I don't think Braun comes back against the Suns since he missed tonight. They'll probably be back after Thanksgiving against the Spurs to give even more rest. You know, that's a good point. You can get an extra day off there if you rest him against the Suns. But really, I just think it's going to be whenever LeBron is healthy, that's when he's going to come back. That's that's what I think the Lakers are going to do. When he's healthy, when he's good to go, regardless of the opponent, you bring him back in because you want him to get back into a rhythm. And the sooner you get him back on the floor, the sooner you can make that happen. And you need him. You need him to get into a rhythm. Diego, Thomas Bryant's a good pickup. His energy and as a tone setter. Now, again, the opponent matters here, but it was great seeing Thomas Bryant run the floor the way he can. And he ran the floor knowing he was getting on a highlight reel if he did. That was so cool to see. Russ leading him with those passes. He getting the lob dunks. And he is fast. He's fast. He's faster than a lot of bigs. So you saw him take advantage of that and just get out and rim run and got easy dunks for the Lakers. That was really cool to see. Sean Tate, AD is playing like the best player in the league. Again, we got to keep in mind who he's playing against. But yeah, look, if if this was a, just who AD is, period, 
he's 100% in MVP discussions. 100%. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Hopefully he can keep this up against DeAndre Ayton. It's a much bigger challenge. I'm not expecting him to be this good. But if he is, then the Lakers have a pretty good shot against the Suns. AW, I think it's early in the season where a major trade doesn't affect us in the long run. Trade Russ before it's too late. Where a major trade doesn't affect us in the long run. Well, yeah, like you can. So that's the flip side of a trade. That the longer you wait, the less time you have, the longer the season you go before you make a trade, the less time you have before the playoffs to integrate that player. So if you make a big move at the trade deadline, well, you hope that everything goes smoothly, getting that player on the floor and everybody on the same page, but that doesn't always work. It's not always that a player gets in and it just immediately clicks with the team. Sometimes it takes time. And so to suddenly throw a player in at say the trade deadline in February and say, here you go, throw you into the deep end, figure out all of our sets, figure out our offense, figure out our defense, go. That's difficult to do. That's difficult for the player. That's difficult for the team to now adjust to this new player. So the argument for making a move earlier is if there's a trade you can do right now and it's November and then you have however many months to get that player up to speed, that just gives you that much more time to work out any wrinkles. So that's got to be a factor too. But again, I don't know how many teams are ready to pull the trigger on something right now. A lot of teams want to wait until December 15th. That's the unofficial start to the trade deadline when everybody who signed contracts over the summer becomes eligible to be traded. So that's part of this too, is some teams are not going to want to make a trade just yet. And so you might have to wait. But in general, AW, you're right that if you do it sooner, then that just gives you more time to really become accustomed to that player. And that's probably ideal for the Lakers if they can find the right move. Uh, Kanata Bev is one of eight players in the entire league that's leading and drawing charges. So a Caruso or Dudley role. Second, he doesn't force shots nor make dumb passes. I would kind of push back on the second point there. Patrick Beverly at this point is when he gets into the paint, he is not looking to score at all. He does not want to put up that shot. And it's very obvious. He doesn't want to do it. Um, he's concerned with getting blocked. And so the problem with that is opposing teams can treat him as a non-scorer in the paint. They don't bother stopping Pat. They bother, they worry about shutting down the passing angles. So that's the issue with, with Patrick Beverly in terms of what, in terms of, oh, he doesn't force shots. Yeah, he doesn't force shots, but to a bad degree, right? To a point where he does something good, but to a point where it's a problem. Like, for example, um, if you say, I never go over the speed limit. Okay, well, great. That's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. You must be a very safe driver. Yeah, when it's 65, I go 25. Oh, that's, that's actually a really bad thing. That, that's actually dangerous. That's not good at all. Right? So when you say he doesn't force shots, yeah, he doesn't force shots, but it's almost to the detriment of his teammates because he's not looking to shoot at all in the paint. And so that's creating it, creating more difficulties in terms of opening up a pass because defenses are just playing him as a passer. So I'm not saying he needs to be shooting 10 times a night or 15 times a night or anything like that. I'm saying, I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. I think he needs, to, and 
just a little bit. Not again, not looking to shoot every time or anything, but just needs to be a threat where teams will will respect him as a scorer, and that will open up the passing for him. So again, you're right; he doesn't force shots, but he goes too far with it, in my opinion, um, or make dumb passes. He's had some some turnovers. He's had some rough passes, but he, in general, tries to stay within himself. And you're right. As far as drawing charges, he does a good job there. Again, I'm not saying he's not a serviceable player, not somebody that could get minutes for you, but I'd, I'm not giving him the bulk of the minutes and just seeing how Reeves has clicked with the five, with the starting five, especially with AD. I'm not, I'm not keeping Pat in the starting five over Reeves just because of what he's bringing you there. I think you might be able to argue Pat does some things on the defensive end that Reeves may not, but it's close. And Reeves on the offensive end is not close, is much better than than Beverly has been. Uh, Lucky, AD is on a mission. Tuesday is the test. Yep. Yeah, Tuesday is a big test. DeAndre Ayton and AD has had success in the past against the Suns. Big matchup there. Karma, can LeBron lessen his role when he's back? He still takes more shots than AD. That's a recipe for disaster. Offense has been being run through AD. Yeah, I mean, look, LeBron has been the one saying for a while that he wants the offense to run through AD. In fact, that was one of the first things he said when AD arrived with the Lakers years ago was, I want the offense to go through AD. So that's nothing new. I think LeBron would prefer that. I think AD is starting to heal up. My my opinion is AD is looking more like himself because the back injury is starting to become less of a thing. And so what I would like to see, I'm in agreement with you, I'd like to see LeBron getting AD the looks and letting him be the guy to lead the team in shooting rather than taking the the shots himself. And I, I think I do believe that's LeBron's preferred path as well. I think that's what he wants as well. Okay. We do need to get into the last of our awards. And it is the master lock of the night. Oh, let me remove the comment here first. There we go. All right, here we go. Master lock of the night. All right. So we always take whatever was the most annoying thing from this particular game, and we put it in our good friend Chris the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold the master lock. So chat, what are you guys putting in the master lock? Seeing people say Master Lock. Oh, Master Lock. The Sp- I did not listen to the Spurs announcers saying Master Lock, the Spurs announcers. I didn't see that one. People saying Master Lock, Patrick Beverly. I'm Honestly, I'm having a hard time coming up with something. And when, when they won by 30 and nobody on the other team did anything all that annoying in this, it's hard to Master Lock anything, really? Oh, no. Somebody put me in the Master Lock? Come on. Come on. Can't do that. The lack of defense at times. I don't know. I just, I didn't really have anything from this game that I thought was particularly annoying. I thought that for the most part, the guys all did what you would expect them to do. And nobody on the, on the Spurs did anything that was particularly egregious. Like there weren't any, you know, bad fouls or anything like that. This was just a team that was not very good. So, I'm kind of maybe this is not a first time. I'm kind of at a loss for what's a master lock. You know what? I'm gonna let's let's do a little friendly fire here. Sean Davis, where are you? You're getting put in the master lock. 
Sean was going to be on tonight's show and he got stuck in traffic. And so he didn't get to watch much of the Spurs game, which it's hard to do a post game show when you didn't watch the game. Right. Um, so Sean, we're friendly fire. We are going to master lock Sean Davis. He gets the master lock for not making it back in time to see the Lakers game, which means he didn't get to make it on this show. There it is. Maybe the first time ever a Lakers nation staff member gets the master lock and it's going to Sean Davis. <laughs> and I think it's, it's deserved. I get a text from him like 15 minutes before game time. I'm, I, I'm still stuck. I'm not going to make it back in time for the game. I said, okay. I said, okay, no problem. I will do the, I will do the game, the play by play solo. I'll do the post game show solo. Cause you got to watch the game in order to do the post game show. So he gets a well-deserved, master lock for sean davis but remember whenever it's somebody on our side whether it's lakers nation or it's on the lakers it's always done with the hopes that this just snaps them out of whatever funk they're in and gets them back up to speed for next game so let's hope that against the suns sean will be back in action so he's getting the master lock <laughs> somebody said he was probably on spaces you know i wonder the Chargers. he's a chargers fan I, the chargers were playing the chiefs and if you saw the game you know what happened the chargers uh, came up short there I wonder if that had anything to do with Sean not not making it. The the Chargers being on on prime time at that point. Uh, let's get into this one. We'll finish with this. Silver Surfer said, "Trevor, did you see that on that last AR to AD pick and roll that was called by AD with AR even on the side of the floor that he wanted? Yeah, that's 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 something that like LeBron will do that a lot. AD will do that where he'll basically pick and choose exactly what he wants to set up." And I'm not surprised that they're relying on Austin Reeves to be that guy to do that, um, particularly with no LeBron on the floor. There's nobody else I would rather have doing that in the starting lineup than Austin Reeves. It's not Pat. It's not Lonnie Walker. It's not Troy Brown. It's Reeves. He just has a natural sense. And this is because he used to be a point guard in the past um, and maybe again in the future here. But he's got a natural sense for how to navigate that and just throws lobs at the right spot for AD, knows the timing and knows all of that. So I think the Lakers have really found something here with the Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis pick and roll. And it's something they need to continue going to. And you mentioning that AD was the one calling that out just underscores the fact that he sees it too. He knows that this is the guy to run it with and they're going to try to make things happen out of it. But that said, appreciate everybody for joining me here in this post game show. Once again, the Lakers win 123 to 92, 31 point victory. Celebrate this, savor this. This is absolutely fantastic to have a stress-free win. It's been a rarity in recent years, so savor this moment. Lakers get a blowout win over the San Antonio Spurs. Once again, please make sure you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.